I think I failed to introduce myself. My name is Nathan Detweiler. I'm the senior pastor of the church here. Our other pastoral elder is Greg Veach. He's in the back by the books, the waving guy. And uh, so the, that's the, the leadership of the church at this time. I want to introduce ourselves. If you're visiting with us, there's a connect card in the seat pocket in front of you. If you'd fill that out, we'd love to get to know you, learn how to pray for you, answer questions about the church. Um, we have a, also a gift for you on the way out uh, as you go by the Welcome Center. Uh, just a thanks for coming, and it's good to, good to see you. So as I, as I was saying before, you know, relationship with God and with others in the church, God and others, is the foundation of the ministry and the house that God is building here. Relationship is the foundation. Many times people talk about the idea of, well, all I need is God. Just God, and I'm good. I know t some of us are like, you know, Tom Hanks in, lo in the island with only a, a ball for a friend. You know, we draw a face on Wilson. Um, and so you can't avoid the fact that it's just you and Wilson. But for most of us, you know, there, there, there are people that will say, all I need is God. Why do I need to connect with the body? Why do, why do I need to know people and be known? And the reason is because part of knowing God is knowing God's people. Jesus, we don't think about it very often. We're so used to the words that they lose their meaning. But we are called the body of Christ on earth. Us coming together in Jesus' name, filled with the Spirit, in unity, is the body of Christ on the earth. So when you get to know your brother and sister in Christ, you're getting to know part of God's body. You're getting to know part of who, uh, how God reflects through that person. So, uh, so it's, it's very important that we come to know each other. It's very important that our, that our church be built on those relationships that we have with one another and with God, right? A huge part of knowing God uh, is what we call our, our vision statement. Upward, inward, and outward. Upward is the relationship we have with God, where we seek after God. We pray to God, we come to know him in his word. Uh, we, we connect with him with other people in the small groups and in, in worship. You know, we are God's creation and he is our creator. So we must be in relationship with God first and foremost if we're going to get off the ground in faith. That's very important. So we go upward, looking towards God. Then we go inward. This is just like where it says in Romans 12.1 to Offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God, holy and pleasing. That's your spiritual act of worship. Now, we offer ourselves, to, we connect with God, we, we go inward, and we offer ourselves to God through prayer, uh, through his word, through being part of his body of the church. We surrender ourselves to God, and we allow him to do his transforming work in us. We don't do that work ourselves, but we do open ourselves up to that work by surrendering to God. And God is not in the habit of uh, of violating people's will. Uh, typically how God works is, you know, he, he invites us. He gives us the, the, the relevant information and, uh, and he, he invites us to offer ourselves to him. And our relationship with God will, may, will in many ways be determined by the level to which we're surrendered to him and his will for our lives. You know, God goes where he's wanted. So we go upward, we go inward and letting God transform us. And finally we go outward we go forth as a people transformed by God to share God's word, to share God's love and his desire for a relationship with the rest of the world who need to know Jesus like we do. 
So this is our simple vision, upward, inward, outward, God, transformation, and then declaring the praises of God. Part of upward, inward, outward for us at New Life is hearing what we call faith stories each week from one another. These are like stories, testimonies, some people say, of what God is saying to us or doing in our lives. So when we go upward, connect to God in our personal lives, become inwardly transformed, we go outward by declaring with our mouth God's work and word among us. So we, we have this idea in our heads that when we're reading our Bibles, when we're praying, when we're whatever we might be doing to, to draw near to God upward, there might be a something that's useful for someone else in the body of Christ to hear, that they need to hear it. And their very faith depends on hearing it. They need to hear a word from you. We get this from 1 Corinthians 14, 26. It says, when you come together, each of you has a hymn, a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Now, the, obviously, that list, there's a list there of different things. Instruction, a word of instruction from the scriptures, a song, tongue or interpretation. The idea is it's anything that could build up the church. So as you go upward, you connect with God. You know, we, we, we offer this time in every service, pretty much every service we do these days for faith stories where people can share what they've learned from God or what he's doing in their lives. And uh, I don't fully understand the mystery of, of God's word, but I do, I do know that this verse in, in Revelation that says, the people of God will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. This is something powerful about testifying to God's reality and, and, and work in our lives. And countlessly, countless stories exist of people that say, you know, I, 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 uh, I was in church, you know, last year, and this was said in the faith story, and I was thinking about it, and it's like it became this thing for my entire year. You know, this happens all the time. Because God really does want to speak to us through each other. In the spirit of having a faith story every week, uh, my, my wife just told me she'd like to share a faith story, uh, and so I wanted to give her an opportunity to do, to do that, and uh, I saw no reason to say no. No, just kidding. No, I'm just kidding around. As he was talking about needing leaders for some of the ministries, um, I was just thinking about when I became the leader of the women's ministry, and um, I just felt like this might be an encouraging story to some people, and some of you have heard this, but um, before Nathan was the senior pastor of the church, he was an elder, and so I was meeting with the elders' wives, and we did not have a clear leader of the women's ministry at the time, and some of the elders' wives had been elders' wives for a while and were kind of burnt out and having to plan the women's retreat, and, you know, it was just we were just trying to figure out what's next. And I did not consider myself a leader at all. I did not want to really step into that role at the time. I was like, I don't even know how to do this. And, um, but when they said, does anyone want to be the leader? My hand went up and I was like, how did that even, how, I did not, I don't know how. And Bonnie Koonsman, some of you know Bonnie, leaned over to me, she goes, if you be the leader, I'll be your right hand. And I was like, okay. So all that to say, sometimes you do not know what God has planned for you. God knows what he has planned for you, and he will bring out those gifts in you that you didn't even know that you had. And so when I'm 
leading the women's ministry, I feel like it's totally God working through me because I still don't consider myself a very strong leader. I still don't consider myself having the abilities. I feel like God is working through me to do those things. So all that to say, get yourself a good right-hand man because Bonnie was was really good while she was here. She was very helpful, and now God has given me seven other right-hand ladies that um, I have a great leadership team that has come around me. And so sometimes God's not calling you to do it yourself. Sometimes he's calling you to do it through his strength and bring someone alongside you. So. And that's one of the beautiful things in, in, in small group leadership, for instance. It's, it doesn't happen all the time, but it's very, it's recommended that you could have a small group where one of the families hosts the small group. One of the families leads a small group. You know, there can be ways which, which people can work together. Individuals and people can work together to lead. And it's, it's better than you could imagine uh, the, the small parts being. And I, I know that probably every husband who's being corny would say something like this. But I want to assure you, like, I, I feel like, I don't know if Jackie had a leadership gift before she asked for it. I don't know. But she definitely does now. Because... I get so much from talking to Jackie. I, I actually schedule, I schedule like it's a church elder meeting. Like, Jackie, can I get, can I get coffee with you from four to five? Can we get childcare? Like, we sit and just talk about, and I, I, I feel like she helps me take all the jumbled out of order mess in my mind and put it straight and think through the details. Um, so it's, uh, it's an amazing thing. It's interesting because, uh, the reason I say that about, I don't know if the gift was there before, it's not because of any kind of, any reason other than in Timothy, uh, Paul says, to fan into flame the gift that Timothy received through the laying on of hands. So Timothy, like, received a spiritual gift that Paul was aware of as people were praying for him and, and I guess, commissioning him for ministry. And Paul's reminding him, you didn't, you didn't have this gift before, you received it through the laying on of hands. Make sure you keep on fanning that flame. So who knows? I mean, who God calls, God equips for, for, for ministry. So that's faith stories. That's, that's what we try to do every week as far as it depends on us. And we get to declare the praises of God going upward, inward, outward by ourselves and our families and our households and coming together and sharing, going outward and sharing what God has done. Another, another important part of upward, inward, outward is corporate worship which sounds like something you do in an office room, you know, like corporate worship, corporate office, suits and ties. No, it's uh, corporate just means the body coming together. Uh, in, in, in corporate worship, you know, well, we, 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 all, we all realize how much we missed it when we couldn't do it, right, in the last few years. Um, we get this idea of corporate worship, one of the places is from Acts 2, 46 and 47, talks about the early church, and it says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So they gathered together in the temple courts at an agreed-upon time for a public worship service, along with meeting in their homes uh, in small groups. So part of our obedience to this scripture or our desire to, to follow after God's pattern in Scripture, manifests in corporate worship, is what we're doing today. 
um, coming together as the body of Christ, as one, live and in person, at an agreed-upon time, which is for us Sundays at 10 o'clock. Nothing special about that, but we've, but we've agreed to it, and we, we make it happen. And God does awesome things in corporate worship. It varies somewhat from week to week. Some weeks are very different from, one, from others. But we call this one Sunday service per week our celebration service. We're celebrating what God has done. We come worshiping God for how he is working in our lives as we seek after him as individuals, as families, as, as, uh, as, uh, as small groups. We come and celebrate what God has done. That's what the purpose of these services is. And again, we feel this is the pattern that God's laid out for us in the scriptures. In these services, we, we hear a word of God from a pastor or someone else in the church who God has given a word to that the elders have you know, gone over with that person and say, yeah, this is a good word. You know, we share, we sing praises to God together like we've been doing this morning. We're going to do a little bit more later. You know, we participate in praying for others. Uh, we've had some very powerful times of praying for people who are going through health issues and seeing and walking with people to see what God does. And we have some testimonies in that vein uh, in our church. Uh, we give our offerings to God. We share faith stories, or we listen to other people share them, um, which we got to enjoy today. We also uh, c- come to the Lord's table once a month, just continuing with what Jesus told us to do in corporate worship. And today, we're doing an, there, there's another regular part of our corporate worship that we're doing now, which is every month we meet for a potluck meal. We, we, we eat and break bread together with glad and sincere hearts, getting to know one another, because again, to know your fellow members of the body of Christ is, is going to help you know God better uh, as, you, as you open yourself up to that relationship. And, uh, and we, we break bread together. We literally break bread together. And the food is always good and there's always enough, which is amazing. Um, this is corporate worship. And it has this glorious purpose in glorifying God and it's a, a model that's been passed down to us from the apostles and from the early documents of the church. We, we see the, in the manual of the early church, this is what they did, and this is what we do to this day. It's a celebration service. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, corporate worship. They broke bread in their homes, small group fellowship, or families getting together, and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, Enjoying, enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Jesus and his disciples went house to house. Jesus was homeless. He, was, he, he lived on the, in other people's spaces, and, um, and he went around with his disciples from house to house. The disciples went around from house to house fellowshipping, worshiping in this more intimate way, breaking bread together. So therefore, another part of this upward, inward, outward, and new life is our emphasis on being part of a small group. This is the going to meet in someone's house every week or every other week. And the things you do in this house meeting is, is a microcosm of what we do in corporate church, except for you actually get to, uh, get to know people and let people get to know you, which is a huge, huge part of our spiritual growth as Christians. So in a small group, we go upward, inward, outward together in the small group. And we get put together by God in ways we hadn't imagined could be possible before we started the group. I've said many times that 
you know, I owe my entire life to being part of small groups. Jesus has worked through me being in small groups. My, my marriage, my children, my, my leadership in the church, all of these things came about in, in small group, what was, the seat was seated in a small group fellowship. Um, everything that's good in my life, I can point to small groups. Um, it's, it's, it's an extremely important part. It's a vehicle of God's transformation in our lives. It's meeting house to house. It's a place where everyone gets to participate, not just my mouth to you or the faith stories or whoever's up here, but you get to, to, to say your piece, to share, uh, and discuss in a safe space, to pray, to minister to one another, really, really in intimate ways. Um, people have a space to safely exercise their spiritual gifts or to discover what their spiritual gifts are and use them in a very low-risk environment. You know, it's not, there's no, it's a private small group where people are loving each other, we'd hope. So small groups are really a place where God prepares us to be built into his house. You know, we, I, lo- I love the, the, the idea of Jesus as a stone layer from that verse uh, because we all have, very, if you look at stones on, on the beach, there's jagged stones, there's rough stones, smooth stones, broken stones. Um, stones are always cracking open in the wintertime, you know, getting water in them and, and cracking and breaking apart. Jesus is the master stone layer, and he knows how to fit people together to be a, a spiritual house of worship. And he does this many times in small groups. It's where our rough edges, our, both our desirable and less desirable characteristics come out, and we are just ourselves, for better or for worse, worse, but loved and safe is the idea. Loved and safe. And I have never had to do that because I was perfect in the beginning. Nothing, no, <laughs> I'm telling you, a small group is great. Um, one time when me and Jackie were dating, it was a long time ago, 15, 16 years ago, we were having, we were, we were uh, Jack, Jackie came over to my house to pray before a small group. The small group was at my place. And then, uh, but we were, for some reason we were fighting. It was probably something really dumb. Um, and in small group, it was like a little bit like, whoa, there's some tension between Nathan and Jackie. And um, people in our group started worrying, are they breaking up? Are they not going to be a couple anymore? And, you know, a friend of ours from small group basically like followed us, we, after group was over, just followed us down the street and said, hey, what's going on? Just really pushed into our lives with concern for us and care for us. And, you know, that's, that's huge. That's awesome to have people that care about you so much that they'll come to you and, and help you and deliver you from things. Um, and uh, those are very dear memories to me. You remember that, Jackie? Yeah. Does someone else remember that? Someone else here does remember that because that was that person. Small groups are where God prepares us to be built into his house, where, where, G, where we figure out where we fit. And this year, we, uh, we are going to be going through this study called Gentle and Lowly, which you saw on the small group table in the back. <clears throat> and I believe that God is going to use this book to bring healing healing to our minds, our hearts, uh, and revelation to people who sorely need it. Um, I also believe that that book will shed light on who God really is and how you can expect him to interact with you when you come to God. It says in the, in the jacket, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Christians know what Jesus has done, but who is he? What is his deepest heart for his people? weary and faltering on their journey toward heaven. Jesus said he is gentle and lowly in heart. This book reflects on these words, opening up a neglected yet central truth about who Jesus is for sinners and sufferers today. 
Um, every once in a while, a book comes out that's just a cla instant classic. This is one of those books. So we're going to be going through these books in our small groups when, when they launch. I will also be preaching Christ each week following the themes in the book. And I really couldn't be... I'm, I'm very excited about this study, and I'm confident this is what God is calling us to, to look through. The book is normally... Uh, $19.99, and the study guide's $11.99, a total of $31.98, but I was able to get the price down to 15 bucks for both of them. So it's a hardcover book, just by buying in bulk and, you know, stealing. No. Um, <laughs> so it's really cool. It's, a, it's a great, just a great thing. Um, and take a look at this. I'd like every household to have one. I'd like each, if, if every person wants one, that's fine. We'll get more, but they're available on the back table, and we have more. Um, we are currently seeking small group hosts and facilitators leaders, if you will, um, to go through this book. And there's a study guide. It's not, it's not rocket science. Uh, where we're just asking that whether you're currently leading a group, like Jackie and I are, or you've led one every year and you plan to do it again, or any other conceivable situation where you're new to leading a small group, please sign up through the website to be a leader. We have, we're compiling a list that way to keep it organized. And once we have the leaders in place, we're going to open up the signups on the website. It'll be very simple to, for everyone to know what's what and where they're going. And uh, so pull out your phone if you want during worship. I don't care. And just say, <laughs> sign up to be a small group leader. Um, and we'll sign up for participants in a little while. Uh, you can also just get more information, put down your, your, your information and say, I'd like to know more. And for those who choose to lead small groups, along with all the other ministry heads you saw around the room, you know, we will be starting a leadership support group here at New Life, which will generally meet every other month. And uh, what I want the prospective leaders to know is that you will not be alone when you say yes to God in this important way. And we, we're seeking to support you, have a place to ask questions, to voice concerns about your group, or get some coaching from other people. They're very, you know, 20-plus year veterans of small group leadership. Um, this is a good thing. So this is what we see God doing in a nutshell in our, in our church. We're going to close with, with, with a few songs with the worship team, continuing to worship God together. After service, we're going to be sharing a meal together. Um, there's plenty more time to peruse the ministry tables and look around and pray and seek God's wisdom for what he might be calling you to do. Um, the one thing I know is, I don't know what the outcome of any of this will be, but one thing I do know is that Jesus is, we're in a process with God. and He is, he is building us up right now as living stones to be a house of praise for God to call forth his glory, to be a kingdom of priests. And this is how we're, we're engaging with Jesus to see his work come forward. And we're also trusting that as we do this, as we're faithful to just be a healthy church, um, an engaged church, that Jesus is going to add to our number daily, those who are being saved.